Mix in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's my Yang from Mix in the Dark, and I am so proud to say welcome to season four. Mix in the Dark has come a really long way. Season four marks our fourth year of telling scary stories. If you're new to the podcast, first, welcome. My name is Mai Yang, and I'm the host of Mix in the Dark. I started this podcast because I was basically on this search for the scariest true story told, and one thing led to another, and now we're up four years listening and reading all kinds of scary experiences. I also have this hidden goal of educating others about the Hmong culture and other mixed cultures through storytelling. I am always open to listening and learning about other cultures and their stories. So if you have a story to share, you can send it to me at mixinthedark at gmail.com. We have gained so many supporters during our four-year journey, and it ranges from elementary school-aged kids to adults in their 50s. And this may mean nothing to you, but I am just so amazed at the amount of support shown for Mix in the Dark. We've been able to reach 124 countries and 4,000 different cities. Our top five listeners from around the world, besides the United States, are Australia, Canada, Philippines, India, and the United Kingdom. Our top five cities are Minneapolis, Sacramento, Chicago, Fresno, and Columbus, and that is crazy. We are all over the place. So shout outs to you all and everyone else who has been keeping up with Mix in the Dark. I've been working on different projects behind the scenes involving this podcast, so please stay tuned for all of those. I am so excited to share this first story with you because it resonates well with me. This story is based on true events. I do want to warn listeners that it will mention some childhood trauma, loss of loved ones, and a rape seen. So if you are uncomfortable with that, it is okay to skip this episode. Come back the next time that I have an episode up. And with that said, please allow me to tell you this story. Enjoy. I never knew my parents. I was told that their car was hit by a drunk driver as they were coming home one evening from the farm. All parties involved did not survive. I don't remember any of this because I was just one or two years old at the time. People who know this would often say to me that it's a good thing that I was still small and I don't remember any of it, otherwise I would have been very sad. They can say all they want, but they are not me, and they have not experienced loss like this, even if it is something you can't remember. Growing up with no parents, whether or not I remember them, makes me feel like I have this forever empty spot in my life. The worst part of it is knowing that you have parents and having to live with the fact that you will never get to know them. Shortly after my parents passed, I was told that the relatives decided that I would live with my dad's only brother. He had five kids of his own, so as you would imagine, I quickly became a burden for them. They did not treat me badly, but they definitely did not treat me like one of their own either. I vaguely remember things that they would do when I was younger, and I always questioned these things to myself. For example, I would get a hamburger meal from McDonald's, while the rest of the kids would get Big Mac meals. Or I would get a shopping spree at the thrift store, while the other kids get new clothes from Walmart and Target. 
Just really simple things like that. I know someone is going to say, just be grateful for what you're given. Yes, I know and I totally am, but to me, even if I was just a kid at the time, it did not feel right and it wasn't fair for me. It was like they did not hate me, but they also did not love me either. It's hard to explain. You definitely just knew that you were the ugly duckling and you did not belong. I knew not to say anything out loud because I feared getting in trouble. At the time, I had no one to run to for help. Anyway, besides feeling like the oddball in the family, it did not help that I started experiencing really weird things as I was growing up. My first experience happened when I was probably seven or eight years old. I remember it clearly because it was when my aunt and uncle took us out to the farmer's market. I'd never been to this market before and it was huge. I remember that I was very excited for this day and I was extremely happy to be there. We were by a booth that sold ice cream. My aunt was taking our orders. We were only allowed one flavor, so I told her that I wanted a strawberry ice cream and a waffle cone. I watched the guy behind the counter build our ice cream. One by one, we were handed ours. For some reason, it was just really fun watching the guy scoop up ice cream and watching him hand it to happy kids. And at that moment, my aunt treated all of us kids fairly by only allowing one flavor each kid. This made me feel very happy and included. I swear it was only two seconds when I looked back and realized that my uncle's family was no longer standing by the ice cream booth. I panicked. I looked toward the nearby booths hoping that they did not go too far, but I did not see anyone familiar. I remembered my aunt was wearing a red sweater, so I quickly scanned the crowd for anything red. Tears started to form in my eyes. At that moment, I knew I was lost. I instantly felt scared, but I also felt embarrassed to be lost because I was such a big kid. I held in my tears and started to go down the aisle of small shops, guessing which way they would have gone. I tried to remember where they parked their car and thought that maybe I would just go there and wait. I felt completely hopeless and I was too shy to ask for help. It was probably only 10 minutes when something caught my eyes. It was someone wearing Hmong clothes. This person had on what looked like the more traditional Hmong clothes. The clothing just looked older. The skirt was a darker white. It was more stiff than flowy. The person had on a black shirt with a blue collar and blue cuffs. She was turned away from me. I remember thinking, yes, thank you, Lord, a Hmong person. I was way more comfortable asking a Hmong person for help. She was a good 20 feet or so away from me. I assumed that maybe she was there as a performer. I saw that she turned into one of the booths, so I picked up my pace to make sure I could catch her before I lost her too. I got to the booth that she turned at. I noticed that it was a booth that sold old jewelry and it was owned by a Caucasian lady. My hopes went down again. I lost her. It was then that I heard my cousin's voice. There she is! I looked to my right and my uncle's family was there. What happened? Where did you go? My uncle asked me. Scared that I was going to get in trouble, I just looked at them and didn't say a word. I shrugged. For the first time, I was so relieved to see my uncle. My uncle told me to stay close and to not wander off again. 
The rest of the day went as planned. That night, something strange happened to me. I was helping my cousin wash the dishes. I was rinsing the dishes while she washed. My little hands just weren't fast enough for her, so she kept filling my side of the sink. She kept laughing at me and told me that she was racing me, so I had better hurry. I giggled and told her that I can only wash as fast as the water runs. The sink water was slow, so it made droplets a lot lighter. At least, that was my excuse for being slow. It was then that I felt a quick breeze brush past part of my bangs and made it fall over my face. I looked in front of me where our kitchen window was. It was closed. Is there a crack in the window or something? I asked my cousin. She examined the window while washing. I don't think so. Why? She answered. I told her that I felt a little wind push past through my forehead. She just laughed and she joked that I was making up more excuses for being slow. We joked about it and that was that. It was that day and moving forward that I started to feel eyes on me. Very small things would happen. I would catch tiny glimpse of a shadow in the corner of my eyes or feel something hovering over me while I was alone. I would feel cold spots around the house and never did anything or told anyone about it because I honestly did not want to think too much about it and I also did not want to hassle my aunt and uncle. I guess you can say I just kind of got used to it. I slept down in the basement by myself. There were a few times where I heard soft humming at night. I would get so spooked and run upstairs to sleep on the couch. My uncle would wake up to find me sleeping on the couch and ask me what was wrong. I remember that there were a couple of times when I was young that they would bring a shaman to come tie a string on me. The shaman would always recommend doing an onang ceremony to see if something was happening on the spiritual side. But you know how it goes with orphans. My aunt and uncle always said that they would do it, but they never did. Fast forward to my high school days when I started to sneak out a lot with my cousin. My cousin was right around my age. We went to the same high school and we did a lot of things together. My cousin and I were like best friends and we would often also get in trouble together. Even if that was the case, she made me feel like family finally. My cousin and I loved going out to house parties. I don't even know how we haven't gotten in trouble yet. I guess it helped that I slept downstairs in the basement while everyone slept on the second floor of the house. I also had my own entrance through the basement to the backyard, kind of like a back cellar door. One night, we decided that we were going to sneak out to go to one of our friends' house party. When we got to the house party, everything seemed normal. I know we were a bunch of irresponsible 17-year-olds doing really sketchy stuff, but what's life without a little fun and recklessness? When we got to the house, I thought that I was going to see more girls than guys, but my cousin's guy friend also invited a bunch of his friends. Everyone was chatting it up and we were all having a great time. Every house party that we were at often involved drugs and alcohol. I was too chicken to try drugs, but I did enjoy drinking. I remember I was on my second drink, and I was having a pretty good time when I started to feel heavy. Everything at this point was blurry to me, so I am explaining it like how I remembered it. I remember sitting on the couch when I started feeling heavy, and that was when I decided that I should probably get some water to try and throw up. 
I thought that maybe the alcohol was just hitting me a bit too early that night. Usually it would take me a few drinks and a few shots before I would feel any buzz. I walked into the kitchen and found some water bottles. This is the part where I started blacking out. All of a sudden I found myself in the hallway. Half of my leg was in the bathroom, the other half was still in the hallway. I heard a guy's voice behind me saying that I didn't look too good and that I should go lay down. I remember shaking my head saying no, I just needed to throw up and find my cousin and that I wanted to go home. The next thing you know, I am in a dark room. I could see two dark figures in there with me, and both of them were guys I could tell by their voices. I told my brain to not black out because I felt something bad was going to happen. I was laying on the floor face down. I heard one of them whispering, hurry up and take off her damn shirt. I felt my brain fogging again. I blacked out. I woke up puking. I panicked and looked around to see where I was at. I was next to my bed with my cousin laying on the bed right next to me. Holy shit, you're alive, she shouted. I asked her what happened. She explained that two guys at the party were trying to take off my clothes when she walked into the bedroom. She had a few of our friends help her dress me and then had her guy friend and his buddy help carry me to the car to go home. She said the party ended when they found me because there were lots of confrontations, yelling, and threats to call the police. Did they do anything to me? The two guys? I asked her. She shrugged and said they claimed I threw up and that they were just trying to get me out of my dirty clothes. But we know that was a bunch of BS. My cousin said that she doesn't think they got a chance to do anything with me because they were in the middle of taking off my pants when she barged in. My shirt was halfway off. We think they may have drugged me. Ugh, I hated myself for not knowing any better. I felt violated and disgusted. I don't even know how to explain the shame, guilt, and heartache I felt during this time. I did learn my lesson, though. I stopped going out. I also stopped talking to my cousin since her guy friend's boys screwed me over. Right after high school, I applied and got accepted to a college. After all that I've been through, I was surprised that I even made it. I decided that I was going to move away from home and live on campus at that college. I spent my whole four years of college away from my uncle. They never checked up on me or helped me with anything. It's okay. They were probably waiting for this day and I'm grateful that they allowed me to stay that long anyway. Along the way, I made some really great friends. We decided to rent a house and live together. These were some of my happiest days. To be surrounded by positive, strong-minded, and productive women was such a refreshing feeling to me. Toward the end of my college career, I met my husband. We talked for a few years, and then we decided to tie the knot. This meant that I had to go back to my aunt and uncle to help marry us, since I did not have parents around. Skip to the wedding day. I'm not going to go into specifics because it's irrelevant, but you do need to know that the bridal party starts at the bride's house and ends at the groom's house. We were at my uncle's house getting ready. I was putting on my mom clothing. My cousin happened to be helping. I'm not sure how we got into the topic, but we started talking about the night I passed out at our friend's house. 
My cousin did not mean to bring it up, but she explained that there was something else that happened that was strange, and she just couldn't put her finger on it. That night, when she went to go use the bathroom, on her way to the bathroom, she saw at the corner of her eyes a quick glimpse of a lady in mon clothes walking behind her and into the bedroom. She did not remember hearing a door open or close or anything like that. It was pretty creepy, but something urged her to look into that room. That's when she saw the guys on top of me. That gave me terrible goosebumps in a flashback of when I too saw a lady wearing moon clothes at the farmer's market when I got lost as a child. We decided to not talk about it anymore since it was my wedding day and the day was meant to be filled with happiness. We had only been married for two days when the activity started getting worse. I kept having recurring dreams of the lady in moon clothes. Her face was never clear. In my dreams, the lady always held my hand and dragged me as if wanting to take me somewhere. I would always wake up in a cold sweat. On the third day after we got married, I received a phone call from my aunt that my uncle had fallen sick and could not get out of bed. I prepared chicken soup with herbs to go to my uncle. When I got there, I noticed right away how pale my uncle had gotten. He did not look good. I suggested taking him to the hospital to get him checked out. My aunt agreed, not knowing what else to do. I always wondered why my aunt called me to visit my uncle. This was very out of character for her. This is a foreshadow for you, but looking back, she definitely knew that she and my uncle did something wrong that involved me. Almost like it was a curse for treating her brother's child he left you wrongly. The doctors told us that my uncle was just dehydrated and needed some fluids, which is what they gave him. When he came home, he said he felt a little better, but still did not feel well. Apparently, he had been having nightmares as well. He wouldn't tell me what, but I guess he just didn't want to bring that into light. A few weeks have passed, and my uncle still is not doing better. One day, my aunt called me and said they were going to perform an onning ritual for my uncle and that I should go to the house with my husband. I did as I was told. After any onning ritual, the shaman always explains what they see. She said she saw a lady wearing mong clothes. She said she asked who it was and it said it was my mom. Upon hearing this, I cried. She asked my mom why she had come to see my uncle. Apparently my uncle had something that belongs to my mom and that she wants to make sure he hands it over to me since I will be starting my life and will no longer be his people anymore. The shaman then questioned my uncle if this made any sense to him at all. It took him a while, but eventually he fessed up that when my parents passed, they went to clean our house and found her silver bars and sao or mong silver necklaces. These are worth a lot. He and my aunt decided that they would keep it. I'm not sure if they had any intentions of giving them to me, but I guess my mom wanted to make sure that I got the last of what belonged to her. I cried realizing that it had been my mom all along looking out for me and making sure that I was safe. At the farmer's market, she was there watching me when I became lost. She made sure I was found. Before those boys could hurt me, she pushed my cousin to come help me. Around the house, at school, any time I was lonely, it was her that I felt right next to me. It was her all this time. 
Eventually, my aunt and uncle handed over my mom's valuables, and my uncle got better almost immediately. It's been about 10 years since this happened, and in that time, I no longer felt a presence with me, nor did I see shadows anymore. The lady in Hmong clothes is no longer with me. I would like to think that my mom is finally at peace, and she knows that I have someone with me protecting me now. I hope to see her someday in my dreams so that I can thank her. Maybe one day I'll see the lady in Hmong clothes again. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.